And welcome back to the Blake Uber Explorer podcast. My name is Blake Longfellow. My crew and I got to hang out at Mad Tree this morning. Had a few beers and also got to talk to Ryan Blevins. He is the head brewer at Mad Tree, the second largest brewery in Cincinnati. We talked about his beginnings on how it was illegal to have a tap room in Cincinnati. And also got to talk about him being a home brewer and now he's the head brewer there. Then we talked about their World Beer Cup success. Then we talked about Mad Tree 10 years from the beginning of when it was illegal to have a tap room to now. Now they're the second largest. We are talking to Mad Tree's Ryan Bledman. How are you guys doing today? Today It's an exciting day. Yeah, it's a really exciting day. I'm super, super, super pumped to be able to speak with our guest today. Uh, How are you feeling, Eric? I'm feeling great. I'm also super pumped. Happy for this opportunity. Today we are speaking with Ryan Blevins. He's the head brewer at Matry Brewing in Cincinnati. We are thrilled to have him on the show. What's up, fellas? Excited to be here. Yeah, man, I'm so pumped to have you here. You're easily one of my favorite, probably, probably, honestly, my favorite podcast, or not podcast, sorry, my favorite, <laughs> you are my favorite podcast so far, actually. It's the first one. My favorite brewery in Cincinnati. Tell me a little bit about how you got started into it. Yeah, oh, I do really appreciate that. Um, so personally, um, you know, I joined up with uh, Kenny and Brady um, when they were kicking the ground off uh, to get Matry off the ground um, back in 2013. Um, just helping out and learning however the hell I could, um, whatever I could. To, I was fixing cars by day and cleaning kegs by night. Uh, so, uh, but it's it's been a fun journey. Um, was home brewing, um, was just ready to make the leap. So, um, you know, when we first opened 2013, a tap room wasn't. You weren't able to have one of those in the city. It wasn't legal. The law the law changed pretty quickly, so we had to pivot from where the hell are we going to squeeze a tap room in this building, um, and that having that tap room really opened up a lot of possibilities for us getting people in the door uh really get to learn us and know us and quite honestly giving us space to uh explore new beers all the time so uh, which is my favorite part of the job yeah it's super interesting that you say that cincinnati didn't allow tap rooms just because it seems like per capita we have the most tap rooms in cincinnati yeah Yeah, i mean you know back then i mean it, it was 2012 when that actually that law changed i believe and um you know, there were only maybe 12 in the city at that time. Um, and now we're well over 60, I believe. So, you know, it, it once that taproom piece became a thing, um, people were like, holy shit. And they, they caught on real quick. So, gotcha, gotcha. So I'm going back then. So what was it like back then and how how far you guys come and where do you guys see yourselves going? Man. So, you know, we've always been scrappy, you know, doing whatever we can to, uh, to get the job done. Um, you know, everybody filling in and and uh, wearing different hats all the time. Um, and that mentality hasn't changed at all, you know. Um, even even though we're close to 200 people now employed with Mantry, um, you know, it, it's still the same mentality. It's whatever we gotta do to get the work done and get it done right, you know. So we're all willing to help out and continue to get, get this place to grow. Um, and, you know, I, I do think there are way more bars in Cincinnati that could have our beer on tap and way more grocery stores and gas station opportunities and a lot of thirsty people in the city, so. How cool is it to like go to Kroger and pass the beer section and see the beers that you make? Like I would just imagine that that's like the coolest thing ever. Yeah, it doesn't get old. Yeah. Like, you know, even 10 years later, like I'm still like, holy shit, like, you <laughs> know, and then of course I got like my kids, like they're, they're brainwashed to when they go by the mantry aisle to like turn the cans, make sure they all look fine, you know, their face correctly and like that. So, you know, it's, it's definitely a culture in my family for sure. <laughs> Teaching them right, yeah, teaching them yeah. right, for sure. Presentation is everything. Yeah. 
so talk to us about your relationship with beer today. And, and obviously you told us that you started with home brewing, but I've, I used to be a music reporter. And so I've talked with a lot of bands who say that like, you know, they, they get tired of playing the same songs for every show. Do you like, has, has your relationship changed with beer at all where it's kind of like, ugh, if I have to drink another beer, I'm just going to be sick of it sort of thing or not at all. Not at all. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, you know, like I mentioned with our tap room, um, it, it's a beast as far as like the amount of people we get in here and the amount of beers that we actually get to uh, explore and experiment with. So with our tap room, we make anywhere between 80 to 100 new beers a year. Oh, wow. That's um, impressive. Yeah. It so, is. you know, it's it, it's amazing having 32 taps out there and, and, you know, getting to create new beers all the time. So I think that's what keeps like that excitement there. Um, it's it's a lot of fun that way for sure and, and I'm sure that like you have to sort of learn maybe you had had to learn a lot along the way but it seems like it's the sort of thing that like is very chemistry based and, and scientific oh, yeah. and, and yep. so what kind of what kind of expertise did you have to like did you have to go to school to learn that or did you really just do it all in your kitchen by learning so I did it all in my kitchen by learning you know uh, when I got started in this industry there wasn't a lot of educational opportunities um, but there are some really great certificates and, and, and uh, bachelor degrees out there now, and a lot of different universities are offering that, that kind of stuff. So um, Cincinnati State locally has a really good brewing science program. Um, most of the people we have on, on my brewing staff now have graduates. Um, so um, we're, we're big into that program. We do a co-op here every year. Um, so I've learned a lot by experience, but we're bringing a lot more people now that are educated. So Gotcha. Cool, yeah. cool, cool. And do you find that now with the way the industry is and craft beer in general, Oh, one, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we're, we're at the place now in, in our business that, you know, I want people that t to know what's going on. Obviously, they need to learn our SOPs and, and figure out our processes and whatnot, you know, and, and, and Matrix core behaviors. But like, it's great to have people come in that you don't need to teach them from the ground up. They're ready to hit the ground running. So, yeah. And speaking of that, I've seen you guys are at B-dubs now. Well, how did that get going? Like, I don't know, like a B-dubs of like... Yeah, the Buffalo Blonde. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Nick Luciano, our like Dayton and uh, Northern Ohio sales rep, um, he's a beast. Um, he's got really good relationships with a lot of those uh, accounts. So that beer actually is only at like Dayton, B-dubs and like kind of North Ohio. So it's really not even the Cincinnati uh -huh. area yet. Um, so it was kind of uh, just uh, explore, see how this uh, does for us, see if it, if people respond to it well there. Um, and they have, so we were another batch last week. Yeah. Uh, so we're really trying to pr take that program bigger for sure. Is that the kind of thing where they reached out to you or you reached out to them or you guys I, met at a, I, at a... I think it's Nick doing the legwork and, and getting in those stores and getting in front of people and like, hey, we make some awesome beer. Like we want to do something for you. So Okay, yeah. cool, yeah. cool, cool. I think he was up at the Crooked Handle yep yes he was, he was yeah yeah nice yeah nick's awesome yeah yeah, yeah he busts his ass our, we have a incredible sales team right now that that you know they're the face of the company you know they're the pe what people know at the bars and restaurants and um they do an awesome job pushing our stuff and giving us those exciting opportunities so cool so you've sort of been talking a little bit about expansion um with with getting your beers out to buffalo wild wings for instance but also like since 2013 your brewery has really expanded and mm -hmm. there was an article in the cincinnati curry business journal that i know you probably you may or may not have a lot of information on because it didn't like name where it was going but one thing that was said in there that i thought was really really interesting is that that you guys are trying to sort of not not copy but like use some some of the brewery sort of styles like little miami brewery has the ability for people to kayak to the brew pub and you guys are really outdoor based or, or focused so just talk to me a little bit about some of the inspiration that you all sort of share in the cincinnati craft beer community 
Yeah. So as far as, you know, new locations, we're really trying to just continue to provide different experiences for people. Um, you know, Alco, for example, um, our restaurant in Over the Rhine, it's completely different than if you come to our tap room. It's awesome too. Yeah, thank you very much. The Like, you know, I, I'm, head, I'm head of the beer, but the first thing I talk about at that place is the food because the food is insanely good. Um, but th that's what it is for us. It's, it's continuing to provide different experiences, finding inspiration on the stuff that Little Miami's doing. We certainly believe there's definitely more opportunity within the city to provide more spaces for people to get great beer. Um, and, you know, I don't think that we're even close to the ceiling as far as how many tap rooms and breweries we can have in the city. Now, fighting for space in Kroger is a completely different story. Sure. But, you know, getting people to, to come to your bar and, and to really learn the people and the company and really tell your company's story, uh, those are things that get us excited about. Because you guys turn just turned ten years old, like where are you most proud of? How far you've come, and where do you see yourself and in the next ten years? Something like that. Man, uh, it's it's crazy to think that it's been ten years because it's been kind of a blur. Um, it's it's been fast paced. Um, I mean, I'm really proud of all of it. I'm really, you know, my favorite thing about this place is the people I get to work with day in and day out. Um, everybody is super passionate about what we do. We all share the same values and the same core beliefs, and, and we're really serious about the quality of the beer we produce. So um, I think the thing that I'm most proud of is the team that we've definitely been able to build, and that's from production to sales, hospitality, across the whole board, so. Now, when it comes to buying your work, I know you'll see today we walked in, you said favorite game's gonna go on, so is already filling up, people drinking your beer down there. You see it at the grocery store, is there, one thing that you see that you like gives you the most pride in your work. Um, yeah, I mean, people, you know, people are happy when they drink beer, right? You know, mm -hmm. so you know, I think my favorite thing is at the end of the day before I go home, go by the bar and and just see like just the the enjoyment everybody's having, um, and they're all holding a glass of our beer, you know, and it's providing a space for them to connect with their friends and family, um, and I really think that's where I get a lot of that pride. Just you know, it's they're not sitting there dissecting the beer. Not that I don't want them to do that. You know what I'm saying? Cause I do like, I love that when people enjoy our beer and they, and they want to like get all the nuances and stuff like that. But at the same, at the end of the day though, we're putting a beer that's so good in front of them. They don't even think about it. Right. They're just drinking it and they're talking and enjoying their space and stuff like that. So. Yeah. That's gotta be really cool. Um, do you mind talking about other breweries in the area that you really like? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There's a ton of good beer in, in this city. Um, the two that, probably come to mind that I, that I visit the most um, is Esoteric and Wanted Hills. Uh, one of my good friends, Brian Jackson, brewed here for a couple of years for us, and, and he was working here while he was going through the journey of, of opening that place up, and, and he would bring us home brewing all the time, you know, having us try it and whatnot. And I'm like, damn, dude, I can't wait for you to open your brewery up. It's going to be so good. And, and he's created a space that's unique to anything else in the city, too. Yeah, it's um, right across the street from where I live, so I love yeah. it, too. It's yeah. awesome. So Esoteric, for sure, and then uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of Nine Giant. Um, one, I live in Pleasant Ridge, so I can walk there, you know, which is which is pretty nice. But um, the people there are amazing. Um, the the beer is fantastic. The food is fantastic. The food it's is just amazing. The, the burgers are unbelievable. Yeah, the, just the community vibe that that place really puts out. It, it's I love it. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Go ahead. And then, you know, piggybacking off of that, it seems like a lot of brewers and this area in general, from who we've talked to, um, very collaborative. Do you find that, you know, the um, the scene is more of a collaborative scene or is, is there competition to centuries competition uh i mean there's certainly both you yeah. know i mean like i mentioned earlier th there's only so much shelf space in kroger there's only so many tap handles in town so you know 
Um, I'm sure that uh, you, you might talk to our sales team and, and they might have a different answer to that than I do. But uh, when, when it comes on the production side of it, um, I mean, we're all really good friends. Um, you know, we have um, a Cincinnati, we call it rubber boots meeting monthly, where um, we travel around the city to different different breweries host it and, and then different brewers, brewers from different breweries show up and we just have a beer and hang out together. So this past week I was at Third Eye, a bunch of great people from around town were there and and uh, we all just have a love for beer and, and we, you know, love talk shop about that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's and sharing ingredients, you know, helping people out, you know, if, you know, I think we had to get something from Ryan guys the other week, you know, and, and vice versa, you know, whatever we can to, like, continue to help build up the Cincinnati brewing community. I'm all about it. So, yeah, that's amazing. So I brought a variety of stuff um, that I'm super proud of. And, and most of these right here are ones that we just shipped off a of World Beer Cup this week so for competition. So I'm really excited about that. I'm really proud of these batches. Um, Legendary Lager is my favorite beer we're doing right now. It's go-to, easy-drinking lager. Um, you can crack one open if you guys want to taste a little bit. Yes. Sure. And yeah. for, for idiots like me, tell me a little bit about what the World Beer Cup is. So it's put on by the Brewer Association, um, and it is uh, a competition that is um, breweries from all over the world compete um, in these categories. Um, they're all BJCP categories, so, you know, certified styles and whatnot. Uh, but it's it's hard. I mean, there's, you know, tons of breweries competing against this, um, and it's uh, definitely a sense of pride um, if you win. Um, so we've – last year is the first year that we've ever won at the World Beer Cup. It's it's hard, right? Uh, we got silver for legendary lager in the contemporary American lager category, and then uh, Ziegler Oktoberfest won gold for American amber lager. Uh, so, like, in terms of uh, – prestige i think for me the world beer cup is like the highest level of honors of like right, winning sure. winning something yeah especially so. if you can beat like germany <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> well there was you know something to be said about uh the, the categories we won in were american style okay. versions right so you know we i try to when i brew beer kind of stay within style guidelines but i also kind of like to venture outside of them a little bit mm -hmm. you know i certainly don't want to copy what everybody else is already doing, you know, we want to put our, our own unique twist on it and whatnot and make it a little bit different, make it stand out. So right. um, that's why those American style categories pretty well help out for us to fit into that and win. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So talk to us a little bit about like what, what the process is for, for uh, the legendary lager and like, you know, like that's not a connoisseur. What, what are we tasting? Yeah. yeah so, um, you know, when we went into creating this beer, um, we, we knew we wanted a light lager that, was approachable you know for anybody that you know may be in the craft beer may not be you know whatever um so i kind of to me it's a mashup of both worlds it's like an american light lager then has some hints of like a german pilsner that's going to have a little bit of a hop character um but it's super light it's four and a half percent alcohol it's crushable low calories um but there's still enough in there i think there's still enough malt character you know it's an all barley beer so there's no like rice or corner adjuncts in it um, and then we use some hops in there that I think that give it just a little bit of a note that, you know, make it stand out from your Miller or Bud, so. Yeah, I know, I'm a huge fan of it. I can't yeah. put it down. Yeah. I definitely could see me after mowing a yard, you know, having this. <clears> or a while, right? Or a while. That's what I was yeah. gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> Depending how warm Ohio gets you. Yeah. Yeah, not Absolutely. today. It's 25 degrees outside, yeah, so yeah. We're, we're bundled up. And I think I think we're in second winter now, I think. Yeah, yeah. This is, but, but this week it's supposed to be warmer. So, yeah. So. You know, keep your fingers crossed. Can't have a podcast without talking about Cincinnati weather. No, yeah. you can't. No. That's for sure. For sure. And I know, like, when my my parents go to breweries, they'll ask them, hey, what's the most similar thing to a Miller Lite? Do you get that a lot? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And that's why we had this beer. You know, it's we have 32 taps out there, but this is 20% of everything we pour in this place. You know, yeah. So, you know, people love it. And 
honestly, like it's light and, and easy, but technically it's one of the hardest beers to make um, because you can't hide behind anything. You know, you, any flaw that's in there, you're going to pick it up pretty quickly. So um, those are some of the funnest beers for me to make, you know, light beers that are, that are hard like that. Humans seem to be like huge creatures of habit. What I'm wondering is in, in a way that I don't know that I'll be able to explain correctly, but when when you get people who come specifically to a craft beer place and there's not Miller Lite, there's sort of this mandatory education that mm -hmm. you need to give them. Is it just easier to have something that is close to a Miller Lite or is it your bartenders, are they capable of being like, try this instead, Irish ale or something? Uh, yeah, I mean, our bartenders are capable of doing that kind of stuff. They're educated, they're badasses, they know everything about our beer. Um, so, you know, I think they're really, they take the time to feel out the customer, you know, and, and really understand what they want. Um, and they'll help guide them through that, um, the decision-making process. Um, I mean, I'm certainly at the end of the day, like, this is what they end up with. <laughs> Hell yeah, I'm happy with that, you sure. know, so, yeah. Kind of taking back off of that a little bit. So let's say you go back 10 years. Do you think our beer from now, like, hey, you think people's beers has taste has changed or do you think there's still some work to be done? Um, yeah, I definitely think that uh, more people are into craft beer um, and are, are more willing to try it. Um, it seems more of a commonplace now. Um, you know, it's because it's sort of mandatory. In yeah, Cincinnati. yeah. I mean, there's so many neighborhood um, um, breweries now, um, so people have access to it more, and and you know, people have their birthday parties there and whatnot, and so you know, people are getting to explore that stuff more often. So, I definitely think people's tastes have changed. Um, I mean, even mine as a drinker, you know, ten years ago, I wanted you know as bitter as it can be and you know and, and high as alcohol as it can be you know and now i want a light lager so yeah there you go yeah. Like, where, like where eric and i are from it still feels like our hometown we're still a little bit ways from fully, fully accepting yeah that. well you guys live in, in troy troy, troy area. you guys I'm, have a couple I'm, of i mean they're like crooked handle just opened up and they're working we got molar brew barn that they do a good job too mm. helping but we feel like we're still more work to be done up for. Yep. Uh, there's room for more breweries. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. for sure. For sure. If everything is driving by a abandoned building, hey, the brewery could go right there. Perfect. <laughs> I, I, <always laughs> think, I think the same thing. <laughs> How has Cincinnati changed uh, with, with, with more craft beers? Like um, maybe in terms of like economy or like whatever, like during the pandemic, of course, everything had to really shut down. But have you seen like the city sort of change? I know that's a really broad question, but like, you know, from not being able to legally have tap rooms to having tap rooms, it seems like it's an entirely different atmosphere. Oh yeah, the, the, the craft beer culture in Cincinnati is amazing. I mean, like I said, with 60 plus breweries, um, and then every place that you go to now has craft beer on tap. Olive Garden, you know, has right. craft beer on tap, you know? So um, that's saying something. When those chains, chains are picking up like that, I mean, you go across to Kroger, they have a bar in there mm -hmm. with like, 10 craft beers on tap you know people are grocery shopping while drinking so right <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. since i's definitely caught on to it for sure now when making beer i'm sure there's plenty of trial and error have you ever had you know this idea and it just it, it didn't turn out great at all just... yeah i experienced that yesterday yeah. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> or friday yeah no I, I mean it happens you know and, and um you you feel like you have it all figured out and then um you know, something doesn't turn out right. And I think at the end of the day, we have to learn from our lessons, um, not be afraid to dump a beer. You know, I mean, I'd, it, it might happen once a year here, but out of, out of making 100 new beers a year, um, that stuff's going to happen. Um, but, you know, it's it's part of the job. So 
Yeah. And when it comes to pacing the beer, um, is, is that all down to you, or do you guys have? Uh, we have a we have a sensory panel, uh, so it, we do some pretty rigorous um, sensory training here, as far as all flavors and also core brand tasting, so people really know the attributes of our beer. And you don't have to be in production for that. I mean, if you have a good palate, and you have a good palate, so you know the people from HR marketing. I'm seeing Blake's eyes light up. <laughs> uh, you know, everybody's in on that, and and it's everybody's responsibility who are on that panel to taste whatever's being packaged that day. Um, and anybody in this entire company has the ability to stop a beer from going off the door, uh, off the dock. So, you know, if they don't see anything or something right about that beer, speak up and say something and we'll get together. We have a, pan, a, a team that gets together and we'll all taste it together and see like, yeah, this is off or whatever. And we'll kind of beat it up a little bit. So yeah, take that stuff very seriously. Yeah. That's really, that's, that's really interesting. I never would have even imagined that that would be something that a, uh, a beer producer would have to do, but I'm glad you guys are doing it. Yeah. So are you like, you guys are just basically Ohio, but are you looking like a Kentucky or how, what's your, we're, what's your yeah, so ideas? we're all over state of Ohio and the state of Kentucky. Okay. Um, we, I want to say it was like 2015 or 16 when we ventured into Kentucky, but we have a really good presence in Louisville, Lexington. I mean, with Northern Kentucky is pretty much Cincinnati. So, you know, we, most of our beer is sold between Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati and Dayton. Um, but we do get some love in Cleveland and whatnot. But, you know, the, the further you get away from home, the harder it is to t tell the story about your brand and really get a good connection with people, especially with those other cities open and have having tap rooms in their own local beer. You know, it's it's hard to compete against them. So the, uh, we think that the opportunity is to create more spaces, um, whether it is locally or, you know, within Ohio, that people can come and, and experience Mantry and, and get to know the people and whatnot. So, so to branch out a little bit. Yeah. At yeah, there you go. I see thank what you did you, there. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Talk to us a little bit about Ohio. One of one of Blake's big things, especially for this podcast, is is sort of sharing the different amazing breweries that are located in the state of Ohio. Ohio seems like a very craft beer seems very Midwestern and Ohio is very Midwestern in my opinion, at least yep. talk to us a little bit about just like the, the culture of Ohio being a brew state. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said that, you know, Cincinnati has a really good bond within our brewers here. Uh, it really, I mean, really good. We have a really good bond with brewers from Cleveland and Columbus and, and throughout the entire state. Um, the Ohio Craft Brewers Association does a really good job bringing us all together. Um, we have a big conference every year where we all go and, and do seminars and learn from each other, um, which is a lot of fun. Um, so I got drinking in that too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> some of those seminars, I have some pretty bad headaches in, but you know, they, a lot of but times it's worth it. they'll, they'll provide <laughs> bloody Mary's or even a, a, a beer. So, you know, uh, it, it, it turns around pretty quickly, but, uh, the, the state of Ohio is great. I mean, there's so much good beer here made. I mean, Columbus, like I love seventh sun and Wolf's Ridge and Gamet beer garden. I mean, they're doing some awesome stuff and, up to Cleveland, like Noble Beast and Fatheads, and like it's, we're spoiled. Yeah. Yes, I definitely, definitely concur with that statement. Um, being, being, being able to have lived in both Cincinnati and more central Ohio, the breweries are are pretty incredible everywhere. Well, thank you for listening. Thank you, Brian. Yeah, for, absolutely, it was a lot of fun. And we love what you're doing here, and thank you for coming up. Appreciate that. Good talk, you guys. Well, we just got back from Matchery, guys. What do you think of the second largest brewery in Cincinnati? Yeah, man, that was a fantastic time. Can't really believe that we were able to do that. I mean, it just was overall educational, and, and, and I feel like I've learned so much. And I just have such a high appreciation for 
craft beer and the brewers who who get to produce it every day for us. Yeah, I mean, I've been to Mad Tree, I mean, plenty of times, but to get that access today and to hear what the brewing process is like, the 10 years in the making, I mean, truly incredible. I know, the, the amount of beer that they are able to make with those gigantic can- gallon tanks is it's un it's unreal that that you know that that even exists it just seems it was an unfathomable amount of beer and the, the quality of make good beer and like you like being legal for before they could even have a tap room and they, they just started it and, and see where they are now is just incredible yeah but like for real i mean you look around and we, we, we mentioned this in the podcast but you think about how many breweries there are in Cincinnati per capita. It just seems like it's 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 a extreme amount of of breweries around here. That ten years ago it was illegal. The fact that that we learned that today was pretty remarkable. And the fact they're going to World Cups and actually succeeding there as well against breweries around the world. That's that should say a lot about them. Yeah, I mean, I think anytime you're able to succeed when you're competing against the entire world at the World Beer Cup, I mean, think of all the famous countries that are that are good at beer. Um, you know, there's there's Germany, of course. There's there's Europe in total. I mean, Spain has great beer as well. It's Great Britain also a lot of beer there. It's it's pretty it's pretty amazing in my opinion that they were able to compete and succeed with the amount of beer that they are producing on a world on a worldwide stage really really cool and we would like to thank ryan blevins again for coming on our show and if you enjoyed our show please subscribe on spotify and please leave a review and we also appreciate everyone that supports us and our podcast cheers One, two,